deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome again to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host, Ken Corkins, and with me, as always, is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is episode six, and we pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. We continue our walk through the New Testament book of First Peter. So there are some changes coming to Ponder UMC in the near, in the near days. Yeah, we are, uh, as a result of COVID, we've lost a lot of uh, attendance at, at worship. Uh, and other pastors I've been talking with across denominations uh, are all identifying exactly the same thing. We're all down about 50%. And so we're all having to make changes to how and when and why, where we worship. Uh, in our case, we're going to go from two worship services to one. And that'll be interesting. Uh, our first Sunday will be this coming Sunday, yeah. which for you will be after, you know, well, you've already heard this after we've made the changes, <laughs> so we won't know. But at this point, it's an unknown to us. And so yeah. I, I'm curious. I've seen the, you know, the order of worship. I think it'll be fine. But you never know because it's a change for everybody. Both services are kind of combining into one and certain things that we used to do, we won't do. And certain things we you know, things will be new to some people that aren't accustomed to those For the things, last so. 14 years, uh, we've led a 9 o'clock and an 11 o'clock worship, and now it'll be a 10 single 10 o'clock worship. And so uh, uh, most of the people seem excited about having a larger church uh, when they come into worship, but there are one or two people that, that are really committed to to where they've been for the last 14 years. And I can understand that. I yeah. got comfortable. Yeah. What are we going to do about the assigned seating? <laughs> <laughs> our unassigned assigned seating. I always sit in the same spot. Somebody's going to sit there. What do you and I care? We have our own seats. That's right. My seats. I'm in the sound booth and you're... <laughs> and I'm up on the, by the pulpit. So it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> Let them fight. <laughs> Oh, we're going to hear about that one. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> also, if you want to tell us about that, why don't you give us a little feedback? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can send an email to pondermethodist uh, at gmail. And your cards and letters are welcome, even if you want to harass us about, about that last segment. Absolutely. I would dearly <laughs> love uh, to hear from someone uh, listening to this podcast here how you found us and why you bothered to listen to us, and what you thought of us after you'd been through one episode. I would really like to hear that. So uh, if that's you, please send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and speaking of the changes, so if you are a live stream listener, our time will change from 9 a.m. Central till 10 a.m. Central. Uh, but as always, after the, the live stream, I usually upload the recording of that uh, service. So uh, that shouldn't be a problem if you're a uh, a delayed watcher, but if you're a live watcher, yeah, tune in later. I've put it on the uh, the web page where you go for the live stream. But uh, in case you're looking for it at nine o'clock and it's not there, just go get another cup of coffee, <laughs> and read the paper, and come back at ten. <laughs> so, with that, um, let's go ahead and jump into First Peter. Uh, and again, the context of this letter is Peter is writing to the Christians in Turkey, what we generally know today as Turkey giving them encouragement in the middle, in the midst of lots of persecution that they're facing. Yes. Uh, in last week's episode, we finished chapter two, uh, where Peter spoke about authority and also, again, to, that Christians should be more like Jesus in the way that he handled uh, adversity in his life. Uh, so I presume this week we'll be starting chapter three. Yes, we are. 
And what verses will we, will we be covering this week? We're taking a fairly small bite uh, this week, just verses 1 through 7. It deals with the topic of husbands and wives. Uh, and he's going to make sort of a transition uh, in, into suffering next week. Uh, so I want to just keep this one isolated because this really ties more into what we've done for the last three weeks than it does into next week's lesson. So a small bite tonight, uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. And what translation are you reading from tonight? Uh, tonight we're working with the new international version, NIV. Peter writes, Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Uh, rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Amen. Amen. So it says here in the Bible, my wife has to submit to me, and, and I'm the ruler of her, right? It, in black and white, in the Bible, <laughs> you go home tonight and you tell your wife. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I won't be back here next week because I'll be dead. <laughs> well, it also says here that she needs to wear sackcloth and be pregnant and barefoot in the kitchen, right? It tells her to stop shopping. That's Don't right. go to the spa and get your hair done. Do not buy new clothes and uh, no new jewelry. You don't need it. <laughs> the Bible said so, man. Oh, we're so dead. Now, if that doesn't get cards and letters, I don't know what will. <laughs> little shock jock action here. And finally, at the very end there, husbands, take care of the little woman. She's weaker than you are. That's right. <laughs> Oh, they're going to get us for that one. Okay, really thinking about it, right? Chapter 3 is really a continuation of what we just read in chapter 2, where Peter was saying, you know, if you're under authority, if you're a slave, you need to behave properly because Jesus behaved properly when he was being persecuted and treated badly. And so the break at chapter 3 is really just a, a later addition, really. It's really one continuous thought. So it's masters, slaves— Jesus and wives, you also have to kind of behave properly, and especially when it might be that your husband is not a Christian. Exactly. Uh, last week, he's saying, you know, if your government doesn't approve of Christianity, here's what I need you to do. I need you to be good citizens and submit. If you're a Christian slave and your owner does not approve of, of your faith, here's what I need you to do. I need you to submit and be an obedient slave. Tonight is still part of that topic. Right, it's the same thought. And one of the reasons I chose the NIV is because I love the way that it highlights who this is to. Uh, wives in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that, and then this is the important part, if any of them do not believe the word, 
they may be won over. This section tonight is not written to a Christian husband and wife who've been married for 20 years and, and living in the faith together. Women at this time were possessions. Right. They weren't people. Um, they were considered eternal children, oh, in yeah. fact, is what the law defined them as. They will never mentally grow up hmm. to be what a man is. And so someone needs to own them and take care of them. Right. And that's part of this at the end when he's talking about women being weaker. Society considered women to be mentally inferior and therefore a possession. Right. The men wrote the rules so they can... Exactly. And because of that, one of the rules, and this was a really hard and fast rule, was the wife will take on the religion of the husband. Mm -hmm. And nobody debated that. That's, that's the rule. That's the way it works. And so Peter is writing letter, this letter to women who are in this very awkward situation where they're, they're married. Maybe they did initially take on their husband's faith. Someone has come into town, spoken to them about Jesus. They've made the decision to become a believer, to become a Christian. Now, what do you say to your husband? When right, you now you're in home? conflict with the rule. Yeah. Right, because your husband is a pagan, and now you're a Christian, and therefore he has, you know, it could go very badly for you. It, it could. <laughs> it could go all the way through death. Uh, a wife not choosing her husband's faith was seen as such a betrayal, it was the equivalent of adultery. Wow. It was that big of a deal. So these women uh, are, are going to come home, and they're going to have this really tense conversation. Met a man named Paul today. He talked to me uh, about a Messiah, Jewish Messiah who was dead and rose again. I believe what he said, and I want to be a Christian. And Peter's, and then for these women, then now there's this real difficulty of, so do I stay married to this guy? Women weren't allowed to divorce a husband. Only husbands could divorce wives. Women were property. Your chair can't right. divorce you, so neither could your wife. Uh, and so these women are trying to figure out, or do I get all confrontational in his faith? Uh, you know, I believe. I believe this, and you need to believe this. Right. And, or, or do they just never bring it up at all? I will worship completely in seclusion. I'll never let my husband know. That. And have the elephant in the room. And, yeah. And sneaking around behind your husband, which is bound to lead to more bad things. So – Let's start off. That shouldn't be your situation at home today. Let's hope that's not your situation at home. So using this letter to say, yep, wives have to submit to their husbands is to take it so, so far out of context. Instead, Peter is writing to these women and saying, okay, just like we said to people with a bad government or people with a bad master, um, I need you to choose voluntarily to submit to your husband's authority uh, and to whatever rules and restrictions he puts on you so that you can have a, a, an intelligent, calm conversation about faith. Tell him, yeah, I've, I think I've become a Christian. And then when he watches you over the next weeks and months to see what did this do to my wife, right? he's going to see a wife that's a really good wife by his definition. It doesn't matter whether you and I think that's a good definition or not. Peter is trying to get these women to meet their pagan husband's definition of a good wife okay. so that the husband will go, yeah, I guess this isn't such a bad thing. I yeah. guess being a, a Christian wife, I can, I can live with that. She's, she's a good wife. She's doing a good job. 
we'll roll with it. That's Peter's whole purpose is, is I don't want you to get in trouble. And maybe you could convert him to the faith. Then we can start having a talk about what marriage really is like. Right. So it's kind of that initially just don't rock the boat, but show him with your actions how being a Christian is a better way. And therefore, maybe he will convert as well eventually. Yes. Cool. Um, but then it goes on about, you know, how to how to dress and don't worry about how you look and all that kind of stuff. So does does God look down on female beauty? No, not at all. This is still part of the pagan culture and and that Peter is addressing. Um, braids, the braids that a woman would put in her hair indicated her social status. There were certain braids you could only wear if you had achieved a, a certain level of, of status. Hmm. Uh, and uh, there are uh, – jewelry was considered portable wealth. It's a, it's a right. way uh, – and, and so uh, what Peter's referencing here then is I want you to be humble. I want you to not only be humble with your husband, but I want you to be humble when you're out in public because word is going to get around town. She's a Christian. And the rest of your community, just like your husband, the rest of your community is going to watch you really close to say, what are these Christians like? Do we need to stone them or do we need to just shake their hands and welcome them on in? Uh, what do we need to do about them? And so Peter's asking women, don't go for uh, hairstyles or uh, clothing that indicates I'm somebody really special because they're going to try and tie that your religion. She thinks she's better than us because she's a Christian. So I want you to wear the lowest clothing. I want you to adopt the lowest uh, hairstyle. I want you to wear the least glamorous jewelry so that your friends and neighbors have no reason to be threatened by your faith. Wow. So kind of a be humble and look, I guess, moderate um, so that you don't draw extra attention to yourself because, once again, we're trying to legitimize the faith and not draw these Christians, you know, draw the fingers at the Christians saying, ooh, look what they think. You know, they think they're better than the rest of us. They do weird things. And so right. we're trying to tamp that down and legitimize the the religion. And so don't go out making a spectacle of yourself because that leads us in the wrong direction. It's exactly right. When uh, – when uh, two men are talking about their wives and they see a third man's wife and the guy goes, you know, she's, uh, she's not the same faith as her husband. She's a Christian. Uh, and these two men should go, well, yeah, but look at her. I mean, she's not threatening. Look, she's, right. she's wearing peasant clothing. She's got her hair just in the, the least uh, impressive style. So what? So what if she's a Christian? So that maybe then when their wives come home one day and say, you know, I was talking with Alice, you know, the Christian woman, the husband won't blow up immediately. Instead, he'll be willing to listen. Very good. So we kind of bring up the example of Sarah and how she obeyed Abraham and called her her master. So did Sarah actually obey Abraham? Yeah. Peter Peter throws that in there. And it's, it's kind of funny. Um, he says, you know— uh, uh, you women need to obey your husbands just like Sarah obeyed Abraham. And yes, Sarah did obey Abraham. Uh, the biggest one of all was when he said to her, you know, I'm, I'm 100 and you're 90. And God says to take our, our only child, the only one we're ever going to have, Isaac, uh, take him to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him. And, and she says, okay. 
But I'm not sure it was that. It was. <laughs> Might have been a little more dramatic than that at, at times, I'm sure. We have no idea what the expression right. on her face was. But what we do know from the scripture was that um, she trusted her husband enough to let him take the boy and, and leave, uh, which had to be phenomenally hard for her. No kidding. Um, I, I can't. Well, I can't imagine sacrificing my son, even if I was convinced God had told me to do so. I can't imagine being able to do that. But I certainly can't imagine if I'm the wife letting my husband do that. If I'm not the one who's heard the voice of God, I I don't know how I could trust my partner enough to let them do that. And so what what Peter's writing here is, I I need you to be that trusting um, that if you submit to your husband— God is going to work it out just like he did for Sarah when Abraham took their son, the only one they were certain they were ever going to get together. Right. Definitely an act of of submission in a sense, but also an act of faith, right? To say, okay, I trust you and I'll, I will go along with what you say, even though you're hearing weird voices in your head, right? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she has no – well, she really has no proof that she, he heard from God. No. But other than – they did have a child, and he heard when that they were from way God. too old to have one. Right. Yeah, and so. she became pregnant. So, here's what I, here's what I love about this, though. That's from the book of Genesis, and we've got several places in Genesis where God told Abraham, "Listen to your wife and submit to what she's telling right. you." <laughs> um, when when she comes to him uh, prior to prior to the Isaac incident, when she comes to him and she says, um, "I want you to take my handmaiden Hagar." Uh, take her as a concubine. Uh, maybe you can have a son with her. And Abraham says, eh, I don't think that's a good idea. I, I can't see how that's going to work out well for our marriage. Right. And God says to him, do what your wife told you. And then several years later, when Hagar and her son Ishmael are becoming a real problem for Sarah and Isaac, and uh, Sarah says, you got to get her out of town. I want her out of our tent, out of our camp, gone. And Abraham again says, but, but, She's a human being, and, and that really is my son. And God pulls Abraham aside and says, do what your wife tells you. Submit to your wife's knowledge on this. Right. So Peter writes here tonight, you know, women, just like Sarah submitted to Abraham, submit to your husbands. He doesn't say a word about, oh, and it's going to have to be the other way around for the Christian right. husbands. Right, you guys are too. <laughs> well, that, that kind of leads us into the next part um, where it says, you know, husbands in the same way— Right. Be considerate as you live with your wives. So it's you need to respect your wife and don't be, you know, a, an ogre, a, you know, an overbearing mean guy. Right. Especially for a Christian marriage. But in a marriage that in this case, it might be the husband is Christian and the wife has yet to convert. Yeah. And so it might be, you know, don't just blast her with it. You got to be a Christian now. It's like, <laughs> hey, you know, listen to her and and. Give her respect, and the the softer touch will bring her along, most likely. I think it's interesting. Um, Peter writes six verses to the women, one verse to the men. Right. And and on this one, I want to jump back uh, out of NIV to the New Living Translation for this one verse, because uh, I want you to hear this. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives— Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are. And he's talking about in terms of her social 
standing, right? She's viewed as a child. Right. So your wife isn't going to be able to go out and hold her own with the husband next door or or the man down the street. If they're doing something wrong, um, she can't have a conversation with them. She's considered a, a possession and she's too weak to argue with them. So she's, you know, she is weaker than you are socially. And, but then listen to this. But she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Peter says something right there that is a social heresy. Yes. Your wife is your equal in this, uh, in your faith and in your relationship. That had, he, men only get one sentence or one verse here, but it's a big verse. That, that would have been a shocking thought even to most Christian husbands, this concept that your, your wife, wife is equal. Is equal to you. Yeah. God loves her, and the grace he's extended to her is just as uh, – is the exact same as as the love and the grace he has for you. God considers her an equal partner in your marriage. That was uh, social heresy and something that men would have read, and, and that would have taken men a long time to chew over that and try and figure out. What will that involve in my life in living that out? Right. And this kind of extends – I mean, we spend a lot of time reading Paul because he wrote so much. Yes. Whereas Peter, you know, he's got a couple of letters and, and Peter has a gospel, but we do – Paul writes a lot of letters. Um, and this ties into Ephesians 5, starting at verse 21, where he talks about the same idea yes. that men – Respect your wives, which again is probably a heresy for the time, whereas most men, like you said, treat a wife as property, yeah. as a lesser person, if they consider them a person at all, it's kind of a possession. And so it all kind of ties together. And I think that if nothing else shows you that God's trying to get the message across, women are equal yes, and treat them well. Just real fast, some of our listeners may not be familiar with what you just brought up. Um, I've never heard of the Gospel of Peter. Uh, church historian Eusebius makes this really great case uh, from people he has spoken with as well as from Scripture itself uh, that the Gospel of Mark is Peter's Gospel. Uh, Peter sends for John Mark and has him there in prison with him at the end. And Peter says, and I've dictated my story to Mark. And we believe that becomes the gospel of Mark. So yes, Peter has a gospel and he's got these two letters. Um, but exactly what you were saying, um, this is all brand new ground uh, for men and women. Paul takes on Christian marriages. Peter is taking on these unequal yokes. Right. So the again, the big picture here is as new Christians or as you know, Christians just starting out, and if you're in a mixed marriage of believers and non-believers, you know, don't go barreling in and force everything. Be the gentle hand, kind of be meek, like Jesus was meek in a lot of ways. He would just kind of, no, this is kind of the way it really is. And therefore, you know, treat each other with, with respect. You are equals, again, which is a, a heresy, but it's something that Christian men will have to uh, come to terms with one way or another. Um and it's all for the point of legitimizing the Christian faith so that we're not causing extra uh, persecution upon us uh, and to get along better and to show others that Christianity is a good way to live. It's not, you know, a weird way to live. It's just 
a good way to live. Everybody, you know, love God and be nice to everybody, yeah. whether you're married to them or not. Yeah. But we start in here with marriage. So Peter's a real advocate of lifestyle evangelism. All right. Actions speak louder than words. So what you do is going to be more important than any argument you can make. Right. And a fight won't help anybody. No. Usually just puts everybody farther or deeper into their own corners. Uh, look at the American Congress. What? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Anything else you want to bring up on this topic? No. Those, are, uh, those were the main points. Um, these verses have been seriously abused. Absolutely. By the church over the last 2,000 years um, to, to really demean women and, and hold them in, in submission um, to, to their husbands. Uh, and that was never Peter's intent that he would have been horrified by that. Right. It was more about bringing, your, bringing the women up yes. as equals, which is, again, weird. But yeah. to them, anyway, I don't think it's so weird today. Um, so have you given a sermon title? Yeah. I have. Uh, we're calling this one Evangelism by Wedlock, because uh, he tells them, you know, if, if you submit to your husband and you live this godly lifestyle, your pagan husband may come around and become a believer. And wouldn't that be wonderful? So if you'd like to listen to the sermon, Rocky Delivers, it'll be on our website at www.ponderumc.org slash ministry slash sermons. Look for the sermon title, Evangelism by Wedlock. This sermon will have been delivered on October 3rd, 2021. And with that, I think we'll close this episode from the bedroom community for a suburb, Ponder, Texas. This is Ken Corkins and Rocky Ellison reminding you to love God and be nice to people. Thank you for listening. You can find us at www.ponderumc.org. There, you can watch the live stream of our casual service, listen to replays of this and past sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible. We are